This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Uh, there were reports just before we got on the air today that Quinshawn Judkins, the uh, star running back for the Ole Miss Rebels, uh, is apparently going to be entering the transfer portal. And this comes a day after, or was it, two days after the portal closed. But I guess you can slip that name in there before 12 o'clock on January 2nd. And uh, and then no one's quite sure if your name is in there or not. It's like a, a stealth portal entry. But that was uh, that was one of the things that I remember we've even talked about this. A number of our guests have brought it up that they they've lost very much out of the portal. And, and they're bringing all these guys in. I mean, star players from Arkansas, from Texas A&M, uh, from other spots. And these guys are coming in. They're getting paid to do it. So what does that mean for potentially their best offensive player in Quinshawn Judkins, the SEC freshman of the year two years ago, all SEC this past year? And it does uh, knock Ole Miss back a little bit, Matt. He's a great running back. I mean, he, he, was, he was just about as good as advertised this year, which is saying something because that's tough to do as a sophomore when you were as good as he was as a freshman. He's a top 100 pick if he came out in the draft right now. And, and I know it's uh, – you, you would think somebody's going to do that Maurice Claret rule challenge again when they're talking about, you know, their earning power and everything. With, with running backs, they, they really are in a category of their own. I, I think he's going to go somewhere that's uh, – that's, that they're going to be preseason top 10. He's going to go to a powerhouse, whether it be a Michigan, uh, whether it be a Penn State, a USC. He's, he's going to go somewhere big time. He, he might even go stay in the SEC. Everybody, if, if everybody, if, if you see his name on the waiver wire, are you not calling him? Like, right, you're, you're going to find out. He's a top five running back in the country. I know the, the running backs are different now, the way they get drafted. But uh, no question, he's a top 100 pick in the draft if he was to come out this year. But I just wonder where, like, where's the disconnect here? What, what is, what, what is it that would that would cause him to leave? Um, you know, it's tough to get into somebody's mind here. But is it like, all right, are you not getting enough carries? Are you not? Are are it's, they telling you you're not going to tote the rock as much? Um, is it, is it uh, uh, too big expectations for the program for this next year? Because that's what that's what we're talking about with Ole Miss. We're not talking about potentially being like a an SEC contender. We're talking about them being potentially a national contender. That can't be what it's about. It can't be what it's about. Is it personality conflicts? Um, or is it, is it money? Is this, is this somebody Hunter being Dickinson? Told, is that what it is? Is Well, is he looking for a better deal? Like, I mean, I've, I don't know what other collective does better than Ole Miss. I'm sure there's a couple of them out there. You got to think he was making half a mil. I don't know what running backs are getting. Uh, but somebody's probably offered him more. I, th- I think that's that's what it is. You're, if you're looking around, think if you if you're a piece away or you want a, a game breaker. That's what he is. He is somebody who scares you. He's a game breaker. He's a difference maker. Uh, a- absolutely, you're giving this kid half a million dollars. I, I I think running backs you could be giving it. They I think you some of these running backs could probably make more in this NIL than they than they will in the NFL. That's 
isn't that it's wild to think about um you know maybe you don't make it's all endorsements when it comes like a quote unquote endorsements in college right you're not getting paid for did you, play yet did you but, you wrote this down phil 2700 rush yards in 2 years 27 I mean. with 30 i mean that's 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 numbers right there man this automatically i mean so the number one player in the portal was the defensive tackle walter nolan who left out of a&m and he goes to Ole Miss. We're like, all right, they just got the number one player in the portal. This is now the number one player in the portal, Quinshawn Judkins. Mm-hmm. And, you, I mean, if you leave now, you're leaving in early January, is there, is there an option to go back? I don't know. But that's a, that's, a, that's a huge story. It is unexpected, and it comes two days after the portal supposedly closed. So, well, do you think they might be different rules for teams that were still playing this late? If you had a January one bowl, you, it's probably don't you? They don't have to know by then, or are they all playing? Because oh, I don't know how that works. I really don't. I, I would think they get an extra day, you know, or, or so. They they get maybe forty eight hours, seventy two hours after your last game. I, I would think something like that. Well, I also heard um, from Kalen DeBoer that Dylan Johnson will play in the national championship game. And he didn't say what percentage. Uh, he is health-wise, but I don't think Johnson's been healthy all year long, really for at least the last couple of months. I mentioned a foot injury and that he re-aggravated it. Do, do, we remember, do we remember Dylan Johnson running against the Razorbacks in the 2022 season for Mississippi State? This guy was at Mississippi State for three years in the Mike Leach offense. Remember, you don't really run the ball very much in the Mike Leach offense. He never got any more than 16 carries in his three years at Mississippi State, and 16 carries is about a normal day for him for for uh, one year at Washington. And the and and man, I wonder how I wonder how he might have viewed himself or how how he was viewed going into the portal, depending on the game that they beat the Razorbacks in 2022. Remember, Arkansas had a bunch of defensive players that were hurt. KJ didn't play in that game. And Mississippi State ran, they ran the ball instead of threw the ball. They ran all over the Arkansas defense, and Johnson ran for 89 yards and 16 carries with a couple of touchdowns. And obviously, if you're running back in that air raid system, you can you can block and you can catch it out of the backfield. But, you know, They're gonna, you, know you, want a, you, want, you want a balanced attack. I just wonder how balanced they can be uh, on Monday. Well, um you're going to need him in the national title game. No, 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 no question about it. I, I really think Phil, and, and I know we got a we get we get a whole other day to talk about this this game coming up. But I, I really think it's gonna it's gonna be down to that line of scrimmage of that that offensive line of of the Washington Huskies and and then the defensive front of Michigan. Can can Washington get 80 rush yards from the running backs? That you know they need to be getting 20 rush yards a quarter, uh, and then Michigan. Phil, there, if there's one team that know, I think both these teams know who they are, but if there's one thing you know fi- that Michigan's going to do, they are going to be physical and they are going to run right at you and see if you want to tackle. And they're they're running back on the other side, Blake Corum. Uh, you know, he's a 4'6 guy, but he's, man, he's, he's shifty. He knows what he's doing and he's a downhill runner. That's the thing about both these kids that I really like, both the running back from Michigan and Washington is, they're one cut. They can't cut if they have to, but they're one cut, hit the hole, and go. Let's get five yards, and they lower their head, and I love it. Well, can that Washington offensive line give Michael Penix enough time to throw to those two great receivers and uh, and the tight end, McMillan? Um, only 11 sacks allowed all year, but 31 quarterback hurries. And I guess that's the thing that really does make Michael Penix stand out. Pocket awareness, 
He's he's smart in that pocket, quick release, and I I just have a sense though, Michigan has a chance to control this game with their run with their rushing attack. I mean, they're a time of possession team, thirty three minutes a game. That can I I can see it, and I th- I felt I felt like you could see it in the fourth quarter um, against Texas that the Washington defense was wearing down a little bit, and I think that Michigan will have the capability. When that fourth quarter comes around, if they've already if they've already had the ball for plus four or five minutes, they're not scared to run at thirty one straight times on the field. That's what's exactly what you talked about. I mean, if you're if you're looking at identity, you have, I mean, these two teams have distinct and different identities, but the Michigan identity is the one that uh, I think right now is probably a little bit healthier, and it's I think it's also built for winning. A championship game such as this. What are your thoughts? 877-377-6963 to get with us and let you know what you think about that and maybe about Quinchon Junkins. Why would he leave Ole Miss? If it's about the money, doesn't Ole Miss have the money? It's, it's, uh, that would seem to be why Walter Nolan went there. Yes, they want to win a championship. They want to play for Lane Kiffin. But we're just going to be naive if we're not thinking that some of this is also about straight-up cash. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas, is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift, selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Hey, Matt, Ricky in Greenwood sent a uh, screenshot of your box score from the game he started here in Lexington. Did I have, did I even, I don't even know if I Thanks scored. Thanks to, uh, this, this was on Hogstats, and I, I should, I should know, I should know better uh, to go to Hogstats for anything involving the Razorbacks Seven rather minutes. than the sports reference websites. No, man, you're off. You scored six points. You grabbed four rebounds. They were all offensive rebounds, man. I'm a so beast. You had to work for I'm them. a beast. Um, yeah, you dished out two assists. Um, you had a couple of steals. I don't know why. I don't know why Nolan took you off the court. You played eighteen minutes. There we go. Um, there we let go. Let me see though. They don't have you as. They don't have you as. But they don't have you as a starter in this game. Maybe this is a different game. Charles Tatum, Alonzo Lane, Carl Baker, Larry Satchel, T.J. Cleveland. What they started. do. Well, they what, you off the bench in this one. Yeah, what they do sometimes is they they have a starting lineup that they put every time. But no, I, I started Kentucky and Tennessee. Those are the two games I, I started okay. that year. So so I know. But those are the guys right there. That that was it. Uh, I'm telling you, Brandon Dean was a joy to play with. Uh, Gennaro Pargo, Teddy Gip, Alonzo Lane, Satchel. Man, it was uh, Pargo. That was uh, that was a squad. I think we were around 500 that year. Uh, had had a lot going on that year, but man, that was that was a fun year. Six points. Tayshawn Prince had a double double. Yeah, see, I my my, my war, my war. He he got me on the war. Yeah. 
This, it actually works, man, because every touchdown you scored, you got six points for those two. This is, this, these numbers work for you. You didn't get the extra point. Uh, Tayshon scored 16 with 10 rebounds, three blocks, two steals in, in 38 his first, minutes. His first – Kentucky won at 71-58. One of the first plays, Phil, I get up there and I'm, and I'm guarding him, and, and I take about a half step back because, you know, he's a pterodactyl. He takes one step and he's around me. You know, it's like – so you trying, I'm trying to figure out how do I, how do I guard <laughs> this guy. So you take a little step back to kind of f- to fill him out, and all he does with that little side out, you know, he had his like his elbow kind of went out a little bit, his little push shot. He just pulls yeah. up. He just pulls up and hits a seventeen footer in my face. I was like, oh, I better I better get up on him. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it is, huh? That's what it's going to be like today. Um, I was looking at the um, NFL playoff picture, and man, you what is it? Nine out of the fourteen slots are decided right now. I was just looking at this. Do you like the NFL playoff structure compared to what we're going to see in the college playoff structure coming up? Uh, the NFL is two first-round buys in the entire league, so the team with the best record in each conference moves on, and then you know how it works from there. There are, I but mean, it's a it's floating all based bracket. Records and tiebreakers. That's the thing I like about it, Phil. Is it's a floating bracket, meaning that if if there is an upset, uh, uh, you know, if a, if a seven seed beats a two seed. Then, then, then the you go play somebody else. You don't know who you're playing next. Is what I'm saying. You know, like you see, it's reseeded. Yeah, I mean, each round reseed they reseed it. it, and that's what that's what I like. I don't think college is going to do that. No, I don't think they're doing that either. I think it's a set bracket, um, and of course, you get your four first round buys in college. It's twelve instead of fourteen, and I mean in the NFL, there's only one neutral site playoff game in college. Um, you're gonna have you're gonna have what three rounds of it? You'll have three rounds of of of, uh, of off-site playoff games. Only the first round is played on campus. Now, I love the idea of the on-campus games. This is the thing that feels like an experiment in in the college football playoff. Which next year, this year, Matt, because it's 2024, this year will start December December 21st. So that's that's right about when. You know, you start to see a lot of the six and six bowl games. Uh, so you're going to get games that matter. You know, and instead of some of these games, it can be a little bit. I wouldn't say difficult to watch, but you wonder why it is you put it on. Um, and I really, I love the on-site idea. I mean, it, but it is an experiment, Matt, because you haven't had, you haven't had home college football games played in December. In whenever I mean, has this ever happened before? Even in our pandemic shortened season, we had ten games. The season started late. I don't remember if there were any home site games in December. So I mean, this will be after finals week is finished for all these schools. I I assume students are off campus. It's cold. People are making plans for holidays, and in, in a lot of cases, they won't even know um, until the week before that their team is in the playoffs. You got to go sell this thing out. A lot of these bowl games, Matt, nobody really cares too much about what the attendance looks like. But for me, one of the reasons why you're having on-site playoff games is so that you sell out these these venues. And I do wonder, I mean, you shouldn't have a problem selling out a 70,000-seat stadium with the immediacy of a legitimate playoff game. Win, and you move on to play maybe a better opponent, lose, and your season's over. I mean, that, that's one of the things I love about the NFL is that there's that immediacy of it. They never have any problem selling tickets to NFL playoff games. 
And the NFL playoffs used to be around December 21st, too, a long time ago. Yeah, I I kind of think so. So NFL just getting one team buys uh, AFC, NFC, you get one. And then the college, I do like the fact that if you win your 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 college uh, title game as far as your conference title game, that you should get the buy. I, I think that because that's kind of I mean, that's a playoff game in itself right there. You know, most most times that the the loser isn't necessarily going to be in the top 12. You know, I think the SEC will for the most part. But, you know, Big Ten with Iowa, would they would they really have been in the, 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 well, the with, top 12? With the, with the new Big Ten, remember, that was the last year they did divisions too. Right. So with the fact that, that they're, they been were a no rematch longer doing like, divisions. Would it have been a rematch uh, of Michigan-Ohio State if, if it would have been I think next so. year? Yeah, that would have been sick right there, right? And then, it, then you could get them, they could play again. I mean, you could have teams playing each other three times. Well, now because you, there aren't divisions, uh, I mean, you, you really, I mean, the first, the, the the first place and second place teams in all of the Power Four, you think those are that's be, eight slots should be top twelve. So I you're mean, playing for a buy. Yeah, may, I can see what maybe you're saying. it's not a, maybe not the ACC, depending on you know whatever goes on with Clemson and if Florida State stays in that league or whatever. I don't know what these teams will look like next year, the year after. But that's the one I guess I'd I'd wonder about. Although on the other hand, like on the over on the Big Twelve side of things, right? I mean, who's who's next to step into that role? I'm, I mean, this year would have been uh, what was it? Oklahoma State and Texas. So Oklahoma State, and uh, after that, Arizona maybe. I, mean, but I, I think in some cases those those championship those conference championship games may be maybe uh, a semifinal, and then other times it's just a matter of who gets a week off. And, and and just kind of leave it at that. But uh, I'm excited to see w- what this does look like. But I'm still I'm still going to go with the NFL playoff structure just because I like the idea of records and tiebreakers meaning things. But on the other hand, I mean, you, it's it's too unwieldy of a system in college football to go by just the records. I mean, you can't just go by that. So you're always there's always going to be that. Well, until college football makes a giant change, you know, until that Super League, Matt, because whenever Whenever the Super League happens, which I think is on the way at some point, whether it's five years down the line, ten years down the line, whenever whenever they figure out what the what the next and maybe final iteration of Division One major college football looks like, the number of teams will be um, cohesive to actually having a playoff structure that feels more like the NFL. Because if you have thirty-two so- teams, you know, if you have if you have twenty-eight teams, you don't need to go by you know, by by human beings' ideas of what a good team should look like compared to their record, you would go by the records and then the tiebreakers. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know how it's going to end up. I, I do know in professional sports you're supposed to spend a certain amount of money, and that, that's not a thing yet in college. So is there a way when you have this final iteration, like you're saying, is there going to be a, a, a thing where it's like you have to spend so much money each year to, to stay up in this level uh, to be competitive, uh, you know, I, I wonder how 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 it's all going to work out as well. Well, I think it'll be in the next five five to six years. I think there'll be a major difference. Eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three calls or texts on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Mark in Madison County asked, "Does that mean teams that play on campus don't go to a bowl game?" Well, if they win their on campus game then the next round is bowl games. It would be the, the Peach first, Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the, the Rose Bowl. The, yeah, bowls like Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, That's right. I, the, from what I understand how this works is the first round are four on-site games. 
You know, uh, five plays 12, six plays 11, so on and so forth. Uh, and then after that, it's all neutral site, and this is where the bowls come in, all the bowls that you mentioned, uh, right up to the national championship game, which right now is not a bowl game, and I don't think that's the plan for it moving forward. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they'll play a bowl game if they win a home game, and then you got to start using the word champion a little bit differently because if you're a champion of a bowl game, you still got to you still got to move on to the next round. I guess they do that now in the playoffs anyway. Uh, congratulations to Frank Ragnow, yeah, Pro Bowl selection. I know it's not the first for him. I think it's like his third every year. I think, I think it's his. I think it's his third. Uh, ter- tremendous man. How, how cool is that? And and we were talking before the show about being an All Pro or a Pro Bowl bowler. And and I think Frank is a guy that can be an All Pro. Like he's that talented. So, but but yeah. Tip of the hat, uh, add a boy to Frank, man. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, there, I mean, there is that there is a huge difference between All Pro and Pro Bowl, and uh, he hasn't been an All Pro yet. It's like, and that's part of the thing with with. Um, it's like being a Gold Glover or being an All Star, maybe. You know, like is, is the, <laughs> well, an All Star. That's what I was like the, in the other sports, Matt. The All Star game is mid season. So you're chosen for the all-star team mid-season, and it's based upon what you did for the first, what, two, three months? Well, in the other sports, the, the, the all-star game is m- closer in similarities to the regular season games. Football's t- it's going a totally different way. Yeah, they not even look like the same product. They actually have real games for those other sports. Mm-hmm. Do we even, I mean, did they start doing flag football last year? Was that what it was? Or two-hand touch or yeah, something? Yeah, it's, it's like thud. It's, not- it's a gl- glorified scrimmage. Nobody's trying to hurt anybody, but the nature of the game is that's, that's just part of it. But you still have it written in some of those contracts, right? Yeah, incentive-laden contracts. You'll get more money for being an all-pro than you will for being in a pro bowl or a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. I mean, you used to get the uh, used to get the, the the vacation to Hawaii, and I remember, you know, some of the guys like great running backs would bring their blocking fullback with them on the trip. You know, whether the whether the wife wanted him to come there or not, it'd be a third wheel. But uh, yeah, you don't even get that that uh, tropical vacation anymore and don't tell me going to florida is the same thing because it isn't hey sports fans don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game pascal air plumbing and electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always an mvp4 with pascal's world-class service you can count on a winning play every time whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey, Bob, happy new year. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing very good, man. Very good. Had a chuckle. I was watching the, the presser with Zoom yesterday, and um, he said he'll wear anything for free. You said you're going to have to get him a Packers shirt, uh, so... Why not buy the head coach of the Razorbacks a Christmas present? What's going on here? Why can't you get him a Packers shirt? Because he's not going to buy one himself. 
Well, I don't know. You think Eric could probably afford one, but it's always nice getting freebies. And I know teams, whether it's, you know, NFL teams or minor league baseball teams or probably minor league hockey teams, he's got a closet full of uh, different team stuff. But, um, yeah, I know the Dolphins have a big game against the Bills, I guess, for the division title. Packers have a big game against the Bears. The Packers, when they're in the playoffs, and if we lose, it's another horrible Lost like the Lions last year, knocked out of the playoffs. So hopefully the Packers can win. But the Bears are playing a lot better, for sure, which is disturbing. Uh, some some other football talk. I, I wanted to ask you what you thought on uh, Junkins transferring from Ole Miss. They've had a lot going in, but I, I guess this is the first one to note going out. Is there is there any truth that he might be visiting the Hawks? Uh, that I don't know. I mean, no offense to Arkansas, I unless they were putting together a massive NIL deal, I don't know why you would leave an 11-3 and team for a 4-8 team. My guess is he's got his eyes on, on bigger prizes. Although, you know, let's say, and he's from Alabama. You know, I know some people have said Auburn might be a logical destination. Of course, they went 6-7. and seven. Um, But it just, I'm guessing that I don't have any inside scoop. I'm guessing this is probably tied to NIL because obviously he's been very productive at Ole Miss, very successful. The team's done well. They being primed for a, a big 2024 and with the playoff expanding, you got to believe that at least going into the season, Ole Miss will be considered a playoff contender. So you say, wow, why, why would a guy leave? Well, probably money. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and let's face it, these, I, I mean, you know, football, college football is in big business for, for a long, long time. And the TV money, the crazy TV money is just taking it to another level of, of economic you know, craziness, I guess you'd say. So I got to believe this is all tied to a big NIL deal and probably with, with a team that he feels is going to be pretty good. So um, unless Arkansas, you know, giving him the moon, I, I don't know why it would come here. No, no offense to Arkansas. He's from Alabama, so to me it would make sense he maybe went home to play for Auburn or Alabama. But we'll, we'll have to see. I got to say, when I saw that uh, on the Twitter this morning or X or whatever it's called now, I was shocked. And it seemed like Lane Kiffin, you know, pulling in all kinds of guys and maybe, you know, just like, uh, I know there's no salary cap to NIL, but maybe there, we all know schools, even with a lot of cash, uh, have a budget, right? You would think. So maybe all the money they're giving to all these guys they're bringing in, maybe there wasn't enough for, for Judkins to feel like it was worth it to hang around. Hmm. So you're saying there might be limits to spending by college collectives. Interesting. Um, let's get into this. Back, well, into this basketball I mean, I game. think there has to be. Yeah, go ahead. No, if you got an idea on that, ceiling. go ahead, Bob. No, I'm just saying there's got to be some ceiling, right? Or I mean, you can only. Ask, I mean, you're asking people to donate for facilities and for coaches' salaries, and you know, I'm sure LSU is going to spend a bunch of money on new defensive staff. And I think even with the richest boosters, there's there's got to be some limit, right? I mean, I I don't live in that world, but. Um, I think there's got to be some limit to it. Uh, basketball Saturday. Um, what's the biggest challenge for, for Arkansas against Auburn? Because this is a team that can beat you in a lot of ways. They're great rebounding. They shoot from the outside. they got a big-time front court. What stands out about this challenge on Saturday at Bud Walton for you? Well, yeah, Auburn's just really solid. They don't necessarily have a superstar, although, you know, Jenny Broom is Broom is really really good. You know they're big guy from uh, Morehead State originally, and um, he's a great inside player. And he I think he missed 16 straight threes is what they said on the broadcast I was watching uh, Tuesday night when Auburn beat Penn, and then he hit three out of four threes. So 
I would would have thought, and probably still is, Arkansas's game plan would be, you know, if he wants to go outside and shoot threes, that's great because, one, he had a real good three-point shooter percentage-wise and keeps him away from the basket where he's so dangerous. Um, but if a guy is going to hit 75% of his threes, you know, you got to worry about that. So, But, yeah, Auburn's just – they've got a lot of uh, very deep team. You know, they, they played 10 guys in every game. You know, Eric talked about this yesterday. They basically, you know, subbed – by position, you know, so you're not having to play a, you know, a, a, a shooting guard at power forward. You're not going to play a center at small forward or something like that. Um, so they're pretty versatile. They're pretty deep. You know, they, they don't have, you know, maybe superstar talent, but they've got really good talent. And um, so and I think they're very strong inside. People probably remember Cardwell, you know, a big backup. And so to me, him, him and Broom are, are a really tough pair maybe one of the better pairs of big men in the SEC. So that's going to be a big, big challenge for, for Chandler Lawson and Makai Mitchell, the Arkansas's primary big guys. And, um, and Auburn's a veteran team. You know, they've got some good wins. They blasted in Indiana. They beat USC. They played Baylor pretty tough in neutral site game to open the season. And so, um, and I'm sure, you know, Bruce Pearl brought this up the other night. They, the last time they were in Fayetteville, they were ranked number one, and Arkansas beat them, and the fans tore the court. And there are a lot of players still on that team, including Chris Morris from West Memphis, um, who starts for Auburn. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's a huge game to me for Arkansas because I know it's just one of 18, but it's at home. It's against a ranked team, and the next two are on the road at Georgia and Florida. And so, uh, to me, this is, you know, you know, Eric probably wouldn't say this beforehand. My guess is if Arkansas wins, he'll say after the game, it was a must win. Because I, I know it's just the start, but I really think it's a game Arkansas needs, needs to get at home. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dave and his team have all your holiday drink options. That includes Fireball and Bailey's Chocolate, Jack Daniels Crown Salted Caramel, Winter Seasonal Beers, Eggnogs, and more. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. All right, we go to the McClarty Daniel Hotline, and it's time to talk with Nate Olson, Scorebook Live. We always appreciate you, Nate. How you doing these days? And a happy new year to you. Yeah, happy new year to you guys. Great, uh... A great winter day here, and the kids went back to school day, so it's pretty quiet around here. I'm not having to uh, officiate any battles or uh, make any food, so it's kind of kind of relaxing day around here. Well, we, we brought you on to talk about this transfer, Quentin Murphy going from Joe T. Robinson to Little Rock Parkview. And of course, Little Rock is yeah. not in our listening audience here, but this is something that just feels new. Um, with a transfer announcement on social media coming from the kids' own account, it feels a lot like, well, you know, sort of what we saw from Quinshot Judkins earlier this morning. The difference is Judkins is two years into his college career, and he's going into a portal that's been created 
uh, for players like him to do this. The deal with Murphy just feels like something completely new because I don't remember, maybe I've missed it, but I don't remember any public announcements like this that mirror the sort of announcements we see from college. Yeah, well, I think Quentin is kind of, you know, he he is um, part of the sign of the times. You know, it, growing up, living with a few teenagers and being around uh, student-athletes, um, the graphics, the videos, I mean, they, they're learning from the, from the college guys and, and women and the pr- professional athletes. I mean, and Dwyer Musselman is so interactive on social media. That's kids are drawn to that. And he just, I don't want to say he fell into a trap, but he, he just, he, he is following a pattern that he's seen that, you know, he wants people to know that he's transferring. So he makes that announcement. I think it was very, um, you know, innocent on his part. Um, and I, I, it, it took on a life of its own um, on social media. Now, this is something that I have um, subscribed to for many years. And this goes all the way back to Matt Jones changing schools and Nick Smith changing schools. This is what my philosophy on that is. If it's if it's if the kid and the parents think it's the best for them, then that's what you go by, you know. And I don't think adults trashing him is the right thing to do. I've never thought that. I don't think it now. Um, and I I was I was a little bit disgusted by some of the displays that I saw on social media because you no, know, I don't even know if it was a mistake to put the graphics, but it was him being a kid, you know. When we were seventeen. We did things we wouldn't do now. You know, if, if I was advising him, I probably would have told him don't do a graphic. But, you know, he he is a high-profile kid, and he's a recruit. And, you know, that's what recruits are doing. They're, they're putting out videos. They're putting out graphics. And they've got guys that are, you know, out there peddling their services to make these graphics and when they commit and stuff. So, I mean, it was a – to me, it might have been a, a minor lapse of judgment. It wasn't catastrophic in my opinion. And, and, and I always just go, like I said, he's a, he's a kid. He's a 17-year-old kid, uh, but us adults need to act a little better. Nate, when I, when I look at uh, uh, this last year's recruiting class and the, the signing day and, and everything that, that Arkansas got and some of the other kids that, that, that went to, to outside the, the state and, and you're looking at these juniors that are going to be seniors next year, how many total kids are there that are going to be Division One football players? Do we have 10, 12 kids in this next year in, in high school football in the state of Arkansas that will be Division One players? Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, we, we talked about that class last week. Um, there's, there's some, some top heavy guys there, you know, with Grayson Wilson, uh, Marcus Wimberley, you know, the, so Grayson Wilson's a quarterback at CAC, Marcus Wimberley. You, you've got a, a pretty good, you know, you've got Quentin Murphy who, um, you know, depending on who you talk to, what, what his, you know, status is and ranking and stuff. Some say three star and different schools that he's looked at, but, um, and it varies but we, you know, talk to, but, but there, there, I would say there are at least eight or so, maybe 10. Um, and there's probably, you know, four or five of those, at least that Arkansas carries Kearney is a defensive lineman, uh, offensive lineman out of, um, East Arkansas. 
Um, there, there, there's some good talent. Um, you know, uh, I, I think this class may not be as strong as this last one, but um, if if Arkansas, you know, they've already got Wilson, um, that's a good start because he, he's a great quarterback and he's a three-sport athlete. Um, you know, Houston, not always, I know he, he talked to you about that. He liked that you played basketball and football. Um, and and this guy's a baseball, football, and basketball player. You don't see that much anymore. And he's tall, strong guy. Uh, and and so I think that bodes well for Arkansas. Already have him, and then you know behind him you've got Kane Archer in that sophomore class, the rising junior that that Arkansas is interested in too, and and his brother Cash, the defensive end slash linebacker. Is he good enough, Nate? We 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 talked a little bit about yesterday uh, about being a package deal uh, with those two yeah. kids. Do you see something like that? And is he good enough to play at this SEC Division One level? Yeah. I, you know, here's the thing. I, and I, I wrote a column about this um, for the best of Arkansas sports. If I'm Arkansas, I already would have offered him. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, if, if, if you think, and I think, I, I've, I've been here 25 years, Matt. You know, he, he is one of the best quarterbacks I've seen as a sophomore. I mean, he, you can tell. I mean, you're a freshman and you're beating Northside you know, coming off the bench in a game. I mean, you're 14 years old and you're, you know, Hail Mary to win the ball game. That's, that's not normal. That's not a net. That's not a normal guy. He, that's a big time blue chip prospect. Now, six, two, 200. Is he going to be six, three or four? We don't know. Maybe people don't want him to be six, two, but I see some of the plays he made, you know, in the play he made in the state championship where it looked like Pat Mahomes flying out of bounds and, throwing a ball on the dime for a first down. I mean, that's stuff I haven't seen. Uh, you know, guys like you, Mitch Mustaine, people like that. He's in that rare air. So you've got a chance to get that guy. If you get his brother and his brother, all indications, he'd like to be a hog. So it seems to be a no-brainer. You offer him, he is a heck of a, a dynamo on defense, and they're going to play him more at linebacker and showcase those skills. And I think he is much in the line of a, a Grant Morgan where, you know, he he is gritty and gutty and plays hard and got that Greenwood, um, you know, mindset and maybe even a little more athletic than Grant, uh, high motor. And you like to have those guys on your football team. And so I don't – he's a three-star guy. I don't think it's – I don't think that is too much of a reach to offer him when you've got his brother who's a five-star and you can get them both, and both of them could play quality years for you. And one of them could be a generational talent. So to me, that's a no-brainer. You know, I, I don't know who all Arkansas is looking at a quarterback, and Petrino now has a, has a different mindset than, than other guys, and maybe he's turned off by him being 6'2". I don't know. But all I know is that when you watch him, he is much different than any other, you know, high school quarterback that I've seen and he fits the bill with the Mustangs and others that have, you know, been blue chip recruits. He's one of the top recruits in that class. So I think it's a no brainer. You offer them both. And I think if you offered them both, they probably would both come to Arkansas and it'd be a good thing. Nate, how do you, uh, the, the way you talk about Archer, <clears throat> you're talking about him in game situations, first and foremost. We had somebody the other day, and I forget who it was, uh, brought up that Archer has been to all the camps, you know, and at the camps you're measured based on 
you know, accuracy and and foot speed and how high you can jump and, and all of that and you poked and prodded like Matt has talked about at the Combine. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I don't know how much you really get a sense of somebody's football IQ. I'm trying to balance that against somebody like Wyatt Simmons, who's the linebacker from Searcy, from Harding Academy, who you've talked about him, was under-recruited yeah. because he never went to any of these camps. I, I would wonder... Archer has an offer from every school in the country. Why would he have to continue to go to camps? What would be the point of this? Oh, I don't know. And and I don't know how many he will still go to. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, he wouldn't probably need to go to any. I mean, maybe it's just because you go there because you've narrowed your list down to three or four schools you want to go to and you want to get to know the staff better. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons that you do that. Um but I, I, I want to touch on something you just mentioned about the combine. And, and, and you know, people, I, I've always had a little bit of a problem with the star rankings and stuff like this because I feel like some guys are ranked too high, some are too low. And I think some of it is because it is based a lot on camps. And, you know, these guys that are in different parts of the country, you know, our staff, Kyle Sutherland and I and others, we're seeing these guys on Friday night. So I think that gives us an advantage to know some of these guys' strengths and weaknesses by seeing them on a football field. And, you know, you, you know all about the analytics in baseball and launch angle and velo and all this stuff. And now that's kind of taken over football and other sports. But how does the guy play on Friday night? You know, what, what are, what, how does he run the offense? And, you know, what, what, how does he manage crisis situations and, you know, late in the ball game, you know, in a pressure situation, like when he came off the bench as a ninth grader and led him to a victory over a bigger classification school when it looked improbable. I mean, those are, I think that's something that's undervalued. And when, you know, we get to see these guys play, I think that gives us an advantage to evaluate them, you know, and, and at camp, yeah, you can throw the ball 60 yards and you can run, how are you going to do when somebody's coming at you and you're trying to make a throw for a state title? You know, how are you going to make that throw then? You know, and or on a Friday night, you're trying to win a ball game, you know, against a rival or something. So I, I think that's something in all sports that's undervalued. You know, we're, we're, we're talking more about measurables and height, weight, hand size and launch velo and stuff. But man, you still got to play the game on Friday night or, Saturday after whatever, you know, and um, sometimes guys look really good in the camp and they're not good in games. And then other guys, you know, they're not camp guys. And then they get on a football field and they can play. And, you know, the Morgans were a great example of that for Greenwood. They, they didn't wow you, but man, they were great at Arkansas, weren't they? I mean, they got, you know, Drew got a chance from Brett Bielema. He was going to go to Arkansas state. He goes to Arkansas. He's one of the better receivers in school history. His, his, old, his younger brother goes, Grant, and becomes one of the better linebackers. They they weren't lighting the world on fire in the recruiting trail, but they were gamers. We take know, two so. more of those, Nate. If you if you know where two more of those guys are, we'll we'll take them up there on the hill. <laughs> well, I think one of them is in Greenwood. I think it's it's uh, Cash Archer. I like. I it. think that's like your it. guy right there. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online.
This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.